Well, if you haven't gotten the theme yet, <laughs> the theme is Paul Anka. Yeah, yeah. And the reason is because Paul Anka is coming to Warren, Michigan on Saturday, October 22nd, 8 o'clock at the Andiamo Celebrity Showroom. It's always a pleasure to have him on our program, an artist I respect greatly from the body of work and his continued, continued performances. And he's on the line with us right now on the Mitch Album Show. Paul Anka, how are you? Hey, Mitch. Good to talk to you again and everybody with you. Yeah. Great to talk to you, too. I, uh, I'm, I'm so glad you're, you're back. I don't, I, I'm presuming that COVID took a chunk out of your touring life like it, like it did for everybody else. Well, unfortunately, it did, but fortunately, you know, I got creative and did the best. But you know, it wasn't good for all of us in our country because it's something that's affected us in a huge way. And I think most of it's behind us. We'll see what the new is. But the answer is, uh, I looked at the balance sheet, got a couple of albums out, and now I'm starting my documentary film uh, with a film company. So we got productive out of it. You you actually cut an album of standards during that time, right? Yeah, I did. Uh, I recorded two albums actually. Uh, the first one, um, as you played, um, the one with uh, El Devo, and the second one, I've got Michael Bublé and Buccelli, and uh, oh. yeah, we released two of them out of there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. In fact, I think we have uh, cut. Yeah, my way. That's such an iconic uh, song, and of course, it's made famous by Frank Sinatra, but many, many other people recorded. That that's an interesting hybrid of a song, if I remember correctly. Wasn't there some French influence on that as well? Yeah, I lived in uh, I lived in France for a while. I got married over there in the '60s, and uh, had a home down in Mougins, France, for vacations. And I, I heard this French song on the radio. And you know, being a musician, your your ear kind of listens differently, not unlike what I did with Rock Swings uh, in 05. But I thought there was something in it more than what I was listening to. And uh went back to Paris, found out what it was about. And, you know, we weren't buying the pyramids. We made a deal within 20 minutes. And, uh, <laughs> you weren't buying the pyramids. <laughs> what, 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 what was it? I mean, was it, was it, it was just a... a it was the, a the, rock and roll type song, you know, yeah. a pop rock and roll song. So I, I brought it back and uh, living in New York at the time and, I just put it in the drawer, and it wasn't until I had dinner with Sinatra down in Florida uh, when he informed me that he was quitting show business and retiring. You know, at that point, we believed him. You know, he came in like a lot of others three times. But, you know, when I left him in Florida believing that he was going to quit and do one more album with Don Costa, who I introduced him to, he was my A&R director and probably responsible for my career, um, I said, wow, Sinatra quitting. I mean, I was, what, 25 and couldn't believe it because, you know, we all loved him. We all knew the kind of staple he was in our life, if you will. So I just sat down. I took that song out, put it on the piano. And metaphorically, I guess, and spiritually, I started with and now the end is near, et cetera, et cetera. And finished it in five hours, sent it to him, flew out, sang it. And two months later, he played it over a speaker. And, you know, the rest of the story. Wow. So the the French thing, was it was it? translated like were no. the lyrics actually what you wrote was it the melody what was the it part was only, that you... the, only only the melody which we popified uh-huh. uh you know cleaned it up in a sense it was no 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 the, the french lyric was called come d'habitude which means as usual so it was about another miserable married com- uh, couple <laughs> so you <laughs> just ditched, you morning. just ditched that you just ditched those old lyrics pe- totally, oh, totally and wrote a whole new thing Oh yeah, yeah, yeah! Totally, totally, totally. But I'm imagining those whoever those French guys are. 
uh, who wrote it or whoever wrote it, they ha- they have to be the happiest people on earth. <laughs> yes, you have you have no idea. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> the lucky sperm club we call them. <laughs> but, but the payoff was I, I started my tour uh, uh, this summer and I got a call and I went to the palace and President Macron gave me a medal of honor. It was all big wow. to do, and you know part of him talking for about thirty minutes on. The career and everything was obviously the indigenous nature of my way. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was just a great event. And then I went on from there to, you know, Spain, Germany, Israel, and toured all of Europe. So that was the kickoff because of my way. And with uh, Macron, and we're doing a whole big documentary on the song itself. Fantastic. Yeah. We're talking to Paul Anka here, who again mm-hmm. is coming October 22nd to Amandiamo showroom in Warren, which is a great, great room. If you've not seen Paul Anka perform, you, I don't know why you haven't, so get out there and make sure that you do. Okay, another question on a song. Sure. Um, you wrote a song for Buddy Holly, which is one of my all-time favorites. I love the way the got to be, uh, well, it's got to add it up, almost 70 years later, yeah. uh, close to 70 years later on your own album, doing it as a ballad on the Sessions album. Eclectically in many ways. But when I you know, do mine, I mean, I, I love the fact that I can change the approach and the vibe and what have you. The Holly record, you know, he was my friend, and, and we were going to open a music company, and Irving Feld, who was my partner, and uh, we were going to start a whole company with him, and you know, he came to us and needed money, and we put him out on that tour. Unfortunately, we know what happened. And, uh, but we, he did, kept, you know, in the beginnings, when we started grooming this friendship, he said, I, I want to do one of your songs. I want to do strings. I'm you know, firing my manager. They've stolen my money, etc." So when I wrote it, it was, I think, on a ukulele, frankly. And when we went to New York and sat with the arrangers, they, they came up with that incredible arrangement with the counter of the sadness in his voice. But it was a very unique record. And it was the first time Buddy had ever stepped out from the trio that he had behind him. But you, you can take many songs that have good bones to them, if you will, mm. and find that you can give them every inter- uh, And And do I understand correctly that after he died, because uh, he recorded that song, Buddy Holly yes. did, uh, in 1959, he died in 1959, yes. that you gave your composer's royalty to his yes. widow? Yes, I did. Uh-huh. Wow. wow. Yeah. Mr. Inca, I've heard the expression over the years, once a songwriter, always a songwriter, and I'm so curious, with everything you've written over the years, even when you're not consciously sitting down to write a song, do, do you get hit at any time, day or night, with melodies or ideas? That, that, that's that got to happen to you because you've written so many songs. Yeah, great question. And, and, and the answer to that is yes. You know, I'm in a, you know, I've come to believe it's all in a spiritual mode. I think there's something bigger out there for all of us, but we won't get into that. But absolutely. I mean, I was flying home after spending time with Tom Jones uh, doing his TV show and, you know, watching that whole scene of his, remarkable. And I, uh, on the back of a menu on TWA, I started She's a Lady. Wow. Uh, I mean, wow. there's many, many times where, you know, I'm always writing on something, a napkin or what have you, or somebody says something or I'm watching. Absolutely, you know, and you know, through the years as you work at your craft, you know, I was a kid writing kid songs. I mean, I first came to Detroit. I think it was Robin Seymour. I got the name correctly. Sure, yeah, yeah. yeah. Bobbing so, without Red Robin. Yeah. 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 So there I was, you know, doing a bunch of kids songs and just working at a craft. And as it evolved, you know, you start getting moved. I was, you know, I went to France to do a movie, you know, The Longest Day. I didn't think I had a chance of writing the music. But as I was part of the experience, all of this stuff started to form in my head. Thus, I came home, 
you know, did a demo of The Longest Day, sent it to Zanuck, who wasn't going to use any music, and wound up with that, Tonight Show theme. I mean, it just goes on of ideas that hit mm. you at a certain time, and some work and some don't. But you do music as well as lyrics. A lot of yes. people just specialize in one or the other. Do, do you find a tendency that one comes to you before the other? You know, I, th- I think the... You know, you need, like when you're building a home, you need a foundation. So ultimately, the note is as good as, the, the word is as good as the note under it. Mm. So, yeah, I'll get ideas first, like she's a lady, and then Bill under it. I'll get different ideas. There's a song that started in Detroit that was real big for me called Do I Love You? It's mm, BKLW. Yes. I'm going to feature it at, uh, at the club uh, in, a, in a few days. So it's it's important to get your melody structure so you know what really you have to do on top of it, even though you will get, you know, the longest day was a case in point. You know, that, those were words that came first, obviously, from being in the middle of it and watching it, and then I built around it and then finished it, you know. Yeah. Speaking of Paul Anka, who, as he mentioned, is going to be in town on the 22nd at Andiamo's showroom in Warren. You should absolutely go see Paul Anka. Uh, and speaking of writing songs as a kid, I've got to mm-hmm. get something straight here now because I thought I knew this story and cut five here, Kenny, of this very, very gay about 15 years ago where you said that you actually wrote it for some girl in church that you barely knew. <laughs> so now I, I've, I've got to get this straight. I can't go to my grave without knowing <laughs> the truth about Diana. Which is it? Okay. Uh, well, here it is. Well, as Mark Twain said, if you gave me more time, the letter would be shorter. Uh, <laughs> so... What it was, I, I, I knew this girl, you know, in the crowd, small town. I saw her at church, you know, to say hello, what have you. Wasn't a total stranger, but in the 50s, as some of us recollect or don't want to, you know, it was different, the whole sexuality, the whole dating, you know, if you were shorter, if you were taller, if you were younger, if you were... She wasn't really giving me a lot of attention because I was younger by about three years. Well, it was a big deal. And even back then, you know, the girls were a lot more sophisticated than the guys, and even today, you find a lot of these young people, the girls are just really turning it real well. So I um, I liked her. We talked, you know, we waved, you know, that stuff. <laughs> but I never really had the balls to, to make any approach or did we swap spit? Nothing. So I got thrown out of a class in, uh, I was doing English because my dad wanted me a journalist because I was winning awards in school for my writing. And I took shorthand, what have you, and they threw me out of the class. I didn't like the teacher. She didn't like me, and I didn't like the class. <laughs> so I took music, and I started drumming, and then I took conservatory music with Mrs. Reese. And I just started playing piano, but I was a fan. You know, I was collecting all the stuff that was out there. My mom and dad worked. My mom was at Caesars, you know, uh, I'm sorry, at Sears Roebuck. And uh, she'd come home and give me money. And, you know, a, a dollar went a long way back then. You bought your records, your comic books, et cetera. Sure. So I was really into music. So I took these lessons. I'm writing poems. And I'm saying, I'm never going to get this girl. I'm just going to write about her. And I started just when I'm so young, you're so old, wow. you know. I mean, no mm. threat to Shakespeare there. <laughs> and <laughs> and I finished it. And I would play it, you know, at parties. You know, 30 kids, and they'd listen, and, you know, kids. And she heard about it, but no no reaction. You know, I wanted really to get a record contract. And, I, you know, I, I got a, I won a contest collecting soup wrappers uh, for IGA, Campbell Soup Wrappers. And I went to New York, and I got, the, you know, the feel of the place, came home. Next year I borrowed some money, had a paper route. So I had about 100 bucks. got down to New York to uh, 